for a lot of people, resistance to Christianity revolves around the question, is it true? Uh, maybe that is some of you today. Uh, if you don't believe the story of Jesus and Christianity that it's true, you probably have good reasons not to believe it's true, because you're smart people. Uh, the sum form of this question is what many people wrestle with. Is it true? Uh, was Jesus even real? Was he even a real person? Did he actually ever do any of those things? Now, I really enjoy reading and talking about those questions, but one of the first things you have to do is determine what the it is. What is the it that you think you have to embrace in order to be a Christian or a Jesus follower? For many people, is it true that it is the Bible? Uh, that is unfortunate because there were tens of thousands of Jesus followers before there was even a Bible. The it I think you should wrestle with is not the Bible. Is the Bible true? The it I think you should wrestle with is a different it. And at some point in the beginning of 2022, we'll probably discuss the Bible more. But until then, I want to repeat something that we have said before. The Bible did not create Christianity. Uh, more on that next year. Uh, in our culture today, though, the question is shifting from, is it true to is it good? Even if it is true, or at least partially true, is it good? Is Christianity good for society? Are Christians good for society? Is Christianity good for women and children? Is Christianity good for minorities? Is Christianity good for you? Is Christianity dangerous or harmful? Should we just sort of get rid of all religion because all religion is harmful, including the message of Jesus? Uh, along with those questions, uh, here's an observation. When we hear news that is not good, don't we hope it's not true? When you hear something that is not good, you hope it is not true. When you hear that Netflix is raising their subscription rate, you hope that is not true. When you hear that Disneyland is raising their ticket prices again, you hope that is not true. When we hear news that is not good, we hope it is not true. Now, the opposite can be true as well. When we hear news that is good, we hope it is true. For example, what if this week we heard processed sugar extends life expectancy? Now, this would be more than good news for some of us with a sweet tooth, including myself. Uh, this would be like good clickbait that, that most of us, if we were honest, would hope was true. The fact that you hope it is true doesn't necessarily make it true. The fact that it may be good news doesn't necessarily make it true either. But the point is this. When you hear news that is good, you hope it is true. You sort of lean in. And so when the announcement of Jesus' birth was first announced in Luke chapter 2, but the angel reassured them, don't be afraid, he said. I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. And this news was described on day one as good news bringing great joy. And here's the surprise that I don't think anyone would have made up because the world was too divided at that time, uh, similar but different, in similar but different ways to today. The angel said this was good news bringing great joy to all people. And at this moment, they didn't know the message was about Jesus just yet. But the message of Jesus would be good news bringing joy for all people. Uh, the Jews, the non-Jews, that's also known as the Gentiles, the Romans, the Samaritans. Uh, the people living right then, but also all the people that live after this that this message would be so good, it would be good news bringing great joy to all people. And it's kind of stunning to think about there being good news to really all people, because usually good news for one group is not good news for another group. Uh, just think of any of the news coming out of the Supreme Court. Uh, one side celebrates it as good news, while the other side sees it as not good news. So, is the message of Jesus still good news? And if so, why do people resist it, especially today? Because when you hear news that is good, you hope it is true. Uh, you may find out it's not true, but you hope it is true. You lean in. 
And if people lean into the good news, why isn't everyone in the world, in our nation, in our community, leaning in, hoping the message of Jesus is true? Because in the first century, at the beginning of Christianity, it was described as good news for all people. And many people leaned in. But there were people who were sort of leaning away and resisting the good news of Jesus. And as we'll see, part of the reason they resisted Jesus was because they didn't see the message of Jesus as good news for them. And today, the group of people who seem to resist Jesus or who have come to the conclusion that the message of Jesus is not good news, those same people have come to that conclusion mostly because of the example of those following Jesus around them. And so they don't lean in. And this is one of the things that breaks my heart about the world right now. That the people who resisted Jesus in the first century are now the people who claim to follow Jesus. And the reverse seems to be true as well. That the people who leaned into the good news of Jesus in the first century are the people now who are resisting it. And if you're watching and, and you are one of those people who is unsure of the goodness of the message of Jesus, let me be very clear. It's not your fault. Uh, maybe you bumped into someone, uh, you went to school with someone, or in business with someone. Or maybe you were raised by some people who proclaimed a version of the message of Jesus, but you determined somewhere along the way that this is not good news. And I don't even care if this is true. I don't want to live my life this way. And you have to decide for yourself, but you should also know that the original news and the original message of Jesus was so good that it was compelling to many, many people in the first century. So what happened? Uh, Luke recorded an account of Jesus' life, and he records Jesus giving us at least one of the reasons. Uh, we're going to be starting reading in Luke chapter 16. You can follow along in the Bible app. If you don't have the Bible app, head to bible.com app. Once you're in the app, head to the More menu option in the bottom right corner, select Events, and you can find our church. We'll also have the notes and verses on the screen as well. Again, Luke chapter 16, verse 16. The law and the prophets were proclaimed until... John, that the law and the prophets are what we consider the Old Testament. But it wasn't old back then, so it wasn't called that yet. The law and the prophets were proclaimed until John, and this is sort of referencing John the Baptist, which is when Jesus came as well. They came at the same time, basically. The law and the prophets were good for the were good news for the Hebrew people who had come out of slavery, that they sort of needed a moral, a civil, a judicial, ceremonial standard of law to live by, and the prophets reminded them to follow that, because they had never governed themselves, and they needed a way to understand and relate to the God who was trying to guide them. And while we might not think of this in our context now, the law and the prophets were good news for the ancient Hebrews or Israelites. But with the coming of Jesus, there was a more obvious and visible Transition. Again, continuing that verse. The law and the prophets were proclaimed until John. Since, the since that time, the good news of the kingdom of God is being preached. Now, part of the reason that the good news doesn't always seem like good news is because we sort of mix the old and the new inappropriately. Continuing on. The law and the prophets were proclaimed until John. And since that time, the good news of the kingdom of God is being preached, and everyone is forcing their way into it. So, since the time that Jesus stepped into this world and started proclaiming the good news of the universal, inclusive kingdom of God, the values of the kingdom of God, uh, what God is truly like, how God truly loves, how God views humans, how God wants to be viewed by humans, how God wants humans to treat each other. Since the good news of that kingdom has been preached, everyone is forcing their way 
into it, sort of leaning into it. Uh, the NLT said it this way, uh, until John the Baptist, the law of Moses and the messages of the prophets were your guides. But now the good news of the kingdom of God is preached and everyone is eager to get in. That Jesus was saying, when people hear my message, when they understand who God is and who I am, they're going to want it to be true. So if the life, the teaching, the message of Jesus doesn't strike you as good news, perhaps that is because the version you grew up with, the, the version you walked away from, the version you're thinking about walking away from, wasn't the original good news of Jesus. That the original good news was compelling enough and, and worth telling, that it was actually written down. Now, in the first century, very few people had their stories written down or told. In the centuries after the first century, very few people had their stories documented because very few people could read. And also, writing was very, very expensive. And the easiest way to get your story told was to be wealthy and to hire a scribe to record the events of your life. And so consequently, in ancient times, most of the stories we know are about rich people or from rich people because they paid someone to write it. Uh, then they would edit it to make sure it made them look good. So the fact that we have an account of the life of Jesus is amazing. Uh, from a worldly point of view, he was a nobody, a day laborer from Galilee. And when Jesus' story was written, he was gone. And so he wasn't around to pay someone to write his story or to edit his story. Luke, uh, Matthew, Mark, Luke, the third gospel writer, Luke says something that's very easily overlooked, many. Now that's actually the first word of Luke's account of Jesus' life. Now how many is many? Well, it does depend on what you're counting, right? Uh, if it's children, it doesn't take too many to be many, right? Uh, if it's stars in the sky, that's something different. But Luke 1, 1 says many people set out to write the accounts about the events that have been fulfilled among us. That Luke's saying that his account of the life of Jesus is not the only account. And in, in the modern era right now, when it's really easy and inexpensive to write an account of someone's life, do you know how many people will write an account of your life or my life? The answer is not many. And so the logical question about the accounts of Jesus' life is, well, why did so many people try to document the life of Jesus? Why would so many people spend significant amounts of time and money writing and interviewing witnesses and researching? And the answer is that something significant happened, or better yet, something good happened. Well, how good? It was really good. Uh, perhaps this is what first intersects with most of our lives as Jesus followers, that the good news of Jesus was so good that forgiveness of sin would be announced ahead of time. That you could ask God for forgiveness and be forgiven. You didn't have to sacrifice any more animals. You didn't have to work for forgiveness. That this good news made the entire Jewish system antiquated and irrelevant. And suddenly there was no need for it. In fact, Luke tells us a story that maybe you've heard before. Uh, Jesus was teaching and really wherever Jesus went, there seemed to always be a crowd everywhere. And there was a crowd in this situation, in this story as well, that people wanted Jesus to be who he claimed to be. That they wanted to experience whatever would happen around Jesus. And they wanted to believe that God was the way that Jesus presented God to be. And while Jesus was teaching in the crowd, there are also some Jewish religious leaders who are here to sort of listen to Jesus because he's teaching some things that no one else has taught. Uh, he's making some promises about God that are in conflict with the current way they viewed God and the way they taught about God. Now, maybe one of the reasons that you walked away from faith was because someone presented a God to you who was very different than the God that Jesus presented to his first century 
followers. Now, Jesus sort of, in this situation, he, he sees a man coming down through the roof and then sort of laying in front of him because his friends couldn't get through the crowd to get to Jesus. And then Jesus says the strangest thing to this paralyzed man who again has been lowered down through the roof to him and right in front of him. Luke chapter 5 verse 20. Seeing their faith, Jesus said to the man, young man, your sins are forgiven. And that was likely not why the young paralyzed man was there, uh, partially because this young paralyzed man hadn't even asked Jesus for his sins to be forgiven. And so the Jewish religious leaders, the, the Pharisees and the teachers, they did not like this. And it was one thing to sort of, you know, tell these funny stories and, and the parables that none of us understand. But Jesus, you can't forgive sin. Only God has the power to forgive sin. And Jesus basically says, well, that is true, but who can heal a paralyzed man other than God? So I will prove to you that the Son of Man has the authority on earth to forgive sins. Now, the Jewish leaders, they didn't know how to address this because they have an entire system. They had an entire temple built for forgiveness of sins. That the Jewish leaders didn't know how to deal with a new system that basically didn't include them at all, or, or at least not in the same way. That basically they would say, we have a sophisticated system, so you can't just announce that someone is forgiven, but Jesus did. And that is good news, and so is this. Then Jesus turned to the paralyzed man and said, stand up, pick up your mat, and go home. And immediately, as everyone watched, the man jumped up, picked up his mat, and went home praising God. Everyone was gripped with great wonder and awe, and they praised God, exclaiming, We have seen amazing things today. And this was good news for those people, and this is good news for you and for me. Because remember at the beginning, the sin part, forgiven sin, because all of us have hurt someone that, that God loves, and that's what sin is. That when you sin against people made in the image of God, you sin against God. And all of us have sinned. All of us have hurt other people. All of us have lied. All of us have dishonored or disrespected other people. That all of us fall short of our own standard, much less the standard of a God who loves you and the people all around you. And Jesus claimed to have the ability to forgive your sin and make you right with God, which I think is good news for everyone. That the message of Jesus really got even better than that. And this is where some of those of us who claim to follow Jesus, we come in. And that Jesus' followers or invited not just to be good, but again, some of us just stopped there, even though Jesus never even really started there. He didn't start with being good. Jesus called his followers to do good. And this isn't like the do good that everyone does. This was a different doing and a different good. Luke chapter 6, verse 27 says, Do good to those who hate you. Pray for those who hurt you. Which we all say like, well, who does that? Continuing on verse 33. And if you do good only to those who do good to you, why should you get credit? Even sinners do that. Love your enemies, do good to them, lend to them without expecting to be repaid. That Jesus says that this type of good to those who aren't good to you, who cheat you, who mistreat you, if you do good to them like that, you will truly be acting as children of the Most High, for He is kind to those who are unthankful and wicked. That you'll be like your Father in Heaven because that is what your Father in Heaven is like. He's good to those who hate him. And that is good news. Because I've been unthankful. And I've been wicked. Now you might be walking away from faith, but you need to know that the God as presented by Jesus, that God that you're walking away from, is extraordinarily merciful to the ungrateful and to the wicked. And this is good news, and it comes straight from the lips of Jesus. And the problem for many people, though, comes because this is not how most Christians act. And why is it? Why is it that our reputation as Jesus followers is not like the reputation of the God that Jesus presented 2,000 years ago? Why aren't we known for being kind to the unthankful 
and the wicked? Why aren't we known for being merciful? Why aren't we known for serving the people who want nothing to do with us? Why don't people say that we're just like so strange? Like it's, it's almost as if they live in a different universe or a different kingdom with completely different set of values from us. Do you know why we aren't known for that? Well, one reason is because too many Christians are content to believe, but not to follow. That believing doesn't make any difference without the following. And actually following Jesus is what makes a difference in this world, which is why Jesus' initial invitation was to follow me. That even if you start following Jesus and you're not so sure it's true, you will see that following Jesus is good. Verse 36, you must be compassionate just as your father is compassionate. And what is not good about that, right? Like if you grew up with a version of God that was not compassionate, I'm really sorry. That is not good news. And this is where we sort of tie up our previous points about who sees Jesus as good news and who doesn't. That Jesus is good news for the unrighteous, but threatening news for the self-righteous. That the unrighteous are those who know they, they make mistakes. They, they acknowledge they're broken. They know they need a savior. That the unrighteous know they aren't good on their own. And the self-righteous, though, they think they can be good on their own. Uh, they don't think they need a savior. They don't think they're all that broken to start with. But here's the announcement about Jesus once again from Luke chapter 2, verse 10. The angel reassured them, don't be afraid, he said. I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David. And this means that God has addressed our fundamental need. That you need a Savior and I need a Savior. That your sins might be different than my sins, but we all need a Savior. And this good news is sort of leveled the playing field for everyone. And this good news is also that God didn't send us a second chance or less commandments. We needed something way more than that. That the good news is that God sent a Savior who did not come for his own good, but for your good and my good. Uh, Jesus describes himself this way, For even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve others and to give his life as a ransom for many. And that is the good news that Jesus came to be. So, is Christianity good? Well, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, Peter, Paul, James, the brother of Jesus, and many women around Jesus, they thought so. Because the original news about Jesus was compelling. And so, looking at our version of the good news of Jesus, people should want our message about Jesus to be true, even before they're convinced it is true. So, two questions to leave you with. Number one, in what ways has the church made the good news not so good? And number two, in what ways have you made the good news not so good? Because the message of Jesus should be good news, bringing great joy to all people. Let me pray for us. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for the good news of Jesus. Thank you that he came to bring good news for us and all that that entails. And it's not just good news for one group of people and not for another, but it's good news for all people. So God, would you examine our hearts? Because it seems to be that our hearts determine how we receive this news. Would you help our hearts to be like the unrighteous people who know that they need a Savior, who know that they're broken, who know that they need help, rather than those who, who think they can do it on their own, rather than those who think that they aren't that broken. Would you help our hearts be in that posture so that we can help convey the good news to other people, that other people can see the good news in our lives? Would you help us to do that? Thank you so much for the good news of Jesus. It's in his name we pray. Amen.